Good morning, everyone. Today's passage is from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 57 through 68. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so, Jesus replied. But I say to all of you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard, his, heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, Messiah, who hit you? Now Jesus was taken to the Sanhedrin and put on trial as he had predicted. These were the religious leaders and the judicial arbitrators in the time. They were the men who were the Hebrew of Hebrews, as Paul had described themselves, meaning that both of their parents were Jewish and they could trace their uh, genealogy back. They had to know the Mosaic and Rabbinic law. They also had to be educated and able to speak in multiple languages. So these were very uh, high-tier people. This collection of men now sought to put on a false trial to publicly declare Jesus guilty and deserving of death. In their minds, they had already come to the decision. And they were just doing this uh, as a show. And they started by looking for false evidence, which they could find none. So they did the next best thing, which was to find witnesses to testify against Jesus. And this is in compliance to the Old Testament law. Once again, they struggled to find honest witnesses, so they put forth two false witnesses. The reason they do this is from the book of Numbers, chapter 35, verse 30. Anyone who kills a person is to be put to death as a murderer only on the testimony of witnesses, but no one is to be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. So they needed the testimony of two witnesses who had to attest that they saw the same thing and agreed in their statements to establish the guilt of the defendant. So what did these witnesses say? This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Now is that what Jesus said? The answer is no. If you go back and look in the book of John chapter 2 verse 18 and 19, it says, the Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. What was he talking about at the time? He was talking about his own body. He wasn't referring to the holy temple of Jerusalem, because destroying that would actually be a capital crime, like destroying the White House or the Pentagon. But this is what false witnesses do. They take the words of Jesus and torture the text and twist the words to say what fits their agenda. In verse 62, the high priest then stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. 
It's interesting to think that at this time, Jesus could have uh, defended himself. He could have corrected the false witnesses' statements, but he chose not to. Uh, just like our own judicial system, the Jewish system allowed the defending parties to remain silent. But this action of silence by Jesus was to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah 53.7. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. So the chief priest goes further and presses Jesus by invoking an oath to God and his own position as the chief priest of Israel to ask Jesus if he is the Messiah, the Christ of God. Some people in other religions will sometimes ask Christians, where in the Bible does Jesus actually say that he is the Son of God? I mean, have you thought about that? Well, in the book of John, there's a couple examples, like John chapter 10, verse 30, I and the Father are one, or John chapter 8, verse 58. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Uh, but, you know, some people will contest, well, the book of John came a little bit later, so, so maybe it was some alterations, or, you know, they may not believe, you know, some of these statements. But here in this passage is a beautiful response where Jesus affirms that he is God. He quotes from Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, on the revelation of the Christ. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Not only is Jesus saying that he is the Christ, he's also warning the assembly that he is the final judge who will be judging all of them. The high priest didn't miss this illustration. No wonder he flew into a rage knowing that Jesus explicitly was claiming that he was the Son of God. Then the entire assembly rules that Jesus is worthy of death. This sham court finds Jesus, the only man who ever lived without sin, as being worthy of death. Then they blindfold him and beat him with their fists and slap him like a mob. Brothers and sisters, as we reflect on this sham trial of Jesus, let us remember that one day Jesus will return to us as the final judge and final witness, and what he says will be just and true. Our only hope for salvation is by recognizing our sin confessing and repenting and throwing ourselves at the mercy of Jesus, who is the only way, the only one who can save us. We live in a world filled with crime, injustice, and false testimonies all the time. We know that, that one day there will come a time when the world will be judged by our Savior. Let's give thanks that we have a trustworthy and true judge who will redeem us, his children, who follow him faithfully and persevere until the end. I hope you all have a blessed week and continue to grow in your walk with God.